0: On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds show, we answer one big question. We go around the room and we all share our opinion, essentially answering one question is what is one thing we've done in the past that we've changed or one one way we've grown as professionals, I think, in our careers. We're going to answer that question on this week's episode. <laughs> the Ask Mike Reynolds show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back everybody to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Ronald show. I'm up here at Champion PT and Performance and what a crowd Squad. we have Squad here today. <laughs> everybody but Lenny, right? So you guys, you guys have picked up on this already, right? But like we chunk these episodes and we kind of record them like a bunch at once. So Lenny's not going to be here for the next month. He's going to take a sabbatical of uh, <laughs> a podcast, but we have we have everybody wanted to join in today, really for the for the podcast episode. So um, I think you know everybody's you know for us we have a diverse group of physical therapists, strength coaches, uh, you know students, interns, everybody that comes through here. I always think it's important that we we try to get together and we have kind of our minds together with some of these questions. So you know we've chosen some that I think would be good for the group, and you know I, I think we're you know pretty pretty good, right? Just as good. So I guess let's let's do the intro. We'll start at the end. So, Dewish Podel is here at um, uh, Champion PTN Performance, one of our strength coaches. Christy Zermulin, Nick Esposito, Dave Tilly, Dan Pope, Mike Scuduto, and Kiefer Lammy. Wow, what a, job, job, a group, man. right? Yeah. Job, that was pretty good. Job, pretty good. That was <laughs> 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 pretty good. That was pretty good. Way. The anxiety, right, of all these people, right? So and our students here, as always, extraordinary extraordinary students here, and then we got a new crew coming soon, right? Is this your yep. last week? Yep. Two weeks left? Yeah. And one week left. Well, We're good here. So all right, so Matt has one week left, so we'll go him. So it's Matt Berserker from Berserker <laughs> Burk from a Warcraft. Berserker Bzer berserker Bark? Bers we well, know Bers- <laughs> I'm a Berserker <Bizarre laughs> Bark fan, long story. Absolute. What's
1: your name? What's your name again?
0: Birkenstock. Birkenstock. Because <laughs> you're from Utah. Berserkinstock. Berserkinstock is here from the University of Utah, and Haley Hailstorm Brinkman from the University of North Dakota. Oh my lord! Get, let's get to the questions. That was <laughs> terrible. All
1: right, we have Maverick from Miramar, California. Can Maverick. Yeah. Maverick.
0: With goose. goose. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: Can each of you name two things: techniques, exercises, philosophies? That you look back on and say, I can't believe I used to do that, or I totally missed the boat there.
0: Oh God, we're going to be here a while. I like this one. (laughs) (laughs) So this is probably going to be a one-question episode because we'll all go through here. So first off, Maverick... We're just, we're, let's give you one if we can get one I think we'll be good I don't think we have to come up with two each but um, all right so one thing that we what was kind of we shake our head and say we can't believe we used to think that way or you know something you've changed or something like that oh Dave is in deep thought right now I just screwed up a lot of things so I'm trying to figure out he, them. he was weighing all ten of them and trying to figure out which one it was so um, Kiefer you, you chose to sit on the end you're probably nervous about that fact now do you want to do you want <laughs> to start? and come this way or do you like sure, to uh, delegate forward. to duesh i feel like we can't start in the middle that'd be really weird right yeah why would we do that all right uh, what do we got kiefer <laughs> uh, i think for me one of the
2: biggest things is when i started off like in school and after school i was so obsessed with like trying to learn more about strength and conditioning that i missed the boat on learning more from other industries whether it's like more about customer service Anyone? or more about psychology or other things to do with people because there comes a point where like you know the basics of movement are the basics, and there's so much more that we can learn about how we approach people and how we approach groups that makes us better coaches in the long run. Well
0: said. Wow, that was beautiful, yeah. <laughs> good. I No pressure, guys. <laughs> it's, like, it's like some silence there. We wanted to absorb that a little bit. So, what do you think? So, then let me ask you follow up that. So, you know, obviously, you went from, you went from coaching on. Like, what did you, you know, what, what do you think? What was the big thing you think? I don't wanna say that you miss, but like what was the first thing that you said, Oh, I need to learn more about X. Um I think it's when I started
2: training more than just teams or more than just athletes and you realize that not everybody's motivated the same way. They don't all come into the gym and be like, All right, you know, I'm gonna get my lift in because I know if I get bigger or stronger I'm gonna be better on the field. It's you know, people come in, they're they're nervous and they're scared about the gym and they don't really know what the best approach is to kind of start their fitness journey. So being able to connect with people and being able to handle them on that side of things takes kind of like a bigger, a uh, bigger chunk of you know your effort at
0: some point. I like it. So it's more than just being a good coach, like knowing how to do ABC. It's also about you know working with people. I like that. I think that's yeah. a great way. So MikeScaduto.com. What um what uh, what do you got for this one? Uh, I
2: guess I'll, I'll stick along kind of the same lines, making connections with people and. and um, not making assumptions about what I think people want. I think that was something I did, um, like right out of school, and even when I was working as a personal trainer, I was like, "These are your goals. Like this is how I think you want to get there." And I would assume a lot of things about um, their priorities and, and their and their goals. I think it's really important. Something that I'm working on is uh, to not make those assumptions and really, really talk it out with the the patient and client and. Um, figure out, like, what's their path to success and where they see it going more so than what I want to force upon them.
0: Uh, that, that's actually a good one. I feel like we get that a lot as young people in this industry is, is we have, like, this this idea of what we think is ideal, right? Ideal treatment, ideal exercises, ideal even just beliefs, right? Like everybody should think that the deadlift is the most important thing in the world, like Nick, right? Like everybody <laughs> everybody' the so should more feel than hope. I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, know. I Maybe they should sit together. And I should <laughs> have Pope answered. I fall off uh-huh. the dead with Pope? <laughs> <laughs> So I think that's actually pretty good, though. Because I feel like a lot of times we force things on people, right? And that came about like a lot of people said this. I don't even know who the first person to say this, but we talk about this all the time. But a lot of people say like like nobody comes to fitness, nobody joins a gym to get a three on their on their straight leg raise on the FMS, right? That's not why anybody joins a the gym. They come for some other reason, right? And we have to be careful. We don't want to just you know we shoot corrective. Exercises on them, or, or or tell them like this is the ideal way because you're not going to connect with them as a person. So I think that's good. Have, have you guys had that too? It's like you know, it's the PTs. Like, did you ever I feel that? Totally where, d- yeah. You know, you're trying sure. to jam things down people's throats. Yeah. People,
3: people, again, just like the FMS thing. They don't care that they have 170 <laughs> degrees of shoulder flexion. They care that they can pick their kid up. They care that they can go to the gym and not worry about it. They care that they can like you know just do little things around the house and like pick their kid up. Yeah. Yeah. Very big <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> um, but they, uh, you know. They come with something and say they have goals, and you just spit all this medical terminology or
0: dysfunctions on them, and they're like, I. Couldn't care less. Not, see, that's, see, that's another good one. And so Mike was kind of saying like forcing a, maybe a, a treatment progression on them or an exercise progression on them. But I like that. You're almost, you're forcing like the, yeah. Like the anatomical. Nod. Yeah, like, well, the problem blah, blah, blah. <coughs> right. like whatever, man. And they're like, look, like, I don't care about that. That's interesting. Yeah. I think we have to be careful in general about that. I and mean, I'm learning a
1: lot about that now because I'm doing a lot of motivational interview stuff. But they call it the writing reflex. So basically when someone comes in, and they have, they basically want to be motivated to do something, if we just start telling them everything they're doing is wrong, no do, this, no do this, no do this, no do this, a lot of times it just really turns people off, right? So whether that's biomechanical or overly pain science oriented, right? And people have preconceived notions too, when they come in, they're like, they want some exercise, they want this, and if we just give something that's way off, you
0: know, the deep end, a lot of times we just completely lose them. So, yeah, think mean, that's huge. It's okay. really important. I always recommend, you know, early people in their careers. I always say, like, some of the first books you should read, and this actually so far incorporates everybody's thoughts really well. It's not about how to strength train more. You just spent the last X years, months, like, learning that. It's not how to be a better therapist or a coach or something like that. It's about how to work with people. So if mm-hmm. you can't work with people, that you know, that's the worst. And we see that with students quite a bit sometimes. Not even our students, because our <laughs> students are amazing, right? But, like, I always say, like, look, if you're a complete dork, right, and you're not, like, connecting with somebody because you're trying to, like, be... Mr. Anatomical or Mrs. Anatomical, right? Like, and you're, you're, you're always trying to be that person. You're not going to connect with people. You know, so I always tell people Dale Carnegie's book, like How to uh, uh, Win Friends and Influence People, or whatever is that the title of it, um, is one of the first books you should read. And then I always say, I've been saying Daniel Pink's uh, To Sell Is Human, mm-hmm. It's just to understand that we're all in sales, right? My nine-year-old's in sales this morning trying to let me, trying to get me to let her have ice cream for breakfast, right? That sort of thing. Everybody's in sales. It's all about how you kind of like put it together, so... Nice. What do you got, Dan? You got um, What what's the what, what's the one thing? What was the question again?
1: Two things you regret, basically.
0: <coughs> Two th- well, one thing because Mavericks getting a little. That's hard. Yeah, <laughs> one regressing. thing you regret. Yeah. Yeah, I won't kind of go down the path. I, I do think
1: being super open minded and also very critical is important. You guys already touched on this. Um, I think in the past I've had big biases and that it's kind of eliminated my ability to learn in certain ways. So I think that's really important. Um, the other thing I'll say is that I, I used to do a lot of lifting like an idiot. And I, I still do a decent amount of this, but I'm, I'm yeah. um, I do a little less of that, and I think it's, it's you know... When you're in your twenties, you, you lift like your he man. You always feel like phenomenal. Like your body is more or less unbreakable. Like you just kind of go nuts. out as as an athlete, um, and as you start to age, you kind of have to dial it back a little bit. Um, and you know, it, it actually takes age, I think, to see that because everyone tells you along the journey, like, "Oh man, you're not gonna be able to lift like that anymore." You're like, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gonna go PR every day. Yeah, but I, I do think it's probably important to be smart from day one. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not be as greedy that's very hard to do for someone who's 20 years old and wants to just go crazy in the gym. But um, I think it's probably a matter of moderation from a younger age. And just thinking about this is going to be a long-term thing and not just, you know, next month that (coughs) powerlifting meet's coming up or, you know, that strongman competition for me. So. Nice. How about you, Dave? Uh, I think probably
3: mine from the first year especially is not being able to say, I don't know. Uh, I think with clients, with other professionals learning, I think I was always in a position where I, even if I didn't really have a great answer, I tried to like fudge something or like make something sound intelligent. Like people would come in with problems, and I'm like some ridiculous explanation about what I thought was going on. They're like, yeah, that sounds good. Sometimes I just was like, I really have no idea. This is my best educated guess, and I'll go learn some more. I'll try to look at the research. But I, I have, I really don't know. This is the best approach that I have. And once I started doing that, uh, probably like my second or third year, people like really like respected me a little bit more for saying that. And I think that it opened me to like new avenues of content Ed that I would have
0: never found. Before I I love that. I think that's actually a good one. And that comes to another book that we always talk about, but ego is the enemy, right? Like you're worried that the person, it was going to think less of you Mm -hmm. if you said, I don't know, Mm -hmm. which I mean, we say that all the time, especially if you have like a little built up trust, a little equity with the person in front of you saying that and then actually coming back the next day with an answer is, is super impactful and maybe even more impactful. Um, than, you know, yeah. knowing the answer sometimes, right? The worst thing you can do though is say, I don't know, and never follow up, right? right. <laughs> you, you have to follow up, so you have to have that, but if you do that, I think that's that's super helpful, so um, I guess I'll go next, um, we're just going in order, I always kind of say this, I hate to say the same thing over and over again, but, I, you know, I, <clears throat> if you've listen to some of these episodes, we've talked about this. But I'd say just early on in my career, I just missed the boat on manual therapy. And, and I, I, I've said that quite a bit. And, you know, now it's it's such an important part, like manual soft tissue work is, is an important part of almost every patient that comes through here, every client that we work with, right? So it's super important now. But I started off my career very biomechanical, very post-op based. And that's probably why more than anything else is very post-op <laughs> based, right? And, and, you know, my mentors at the time and, you know, the traditional sports physical therapy wasn't as hands-on. It was more exercise-based. So yeah, I actually, I I thought. I actually think it's a great thing because it got me really, really good at that—that that basic understanding of exercise science and you know different uh, you know effects and biomechanical and, and other aspects of uh, performing different exercises. I got really good at that. But once I started combining that with the soft tissue work, it's really good. So as Dave has said in the past, we've transitioned from purely biomechanical to now bio-neurobiomechanical. But no, no, I thought it was bio-neurobiomechanical. Neurobiomechanical. <laughs> Neurobioma an emerging field. That's, that's, that's how we practice here, neurobioma But, you know, it's putting it all together, though, and just it's saying, saying like, it's, it's not... Did you just add mechanical transductive yeah. at yeah. the beginning of it? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm out. But, um, <laughs> but, like, putting all the manual stuff together, I think, with the exercise has made me a much, much better clinician. So I say that because early on, it seems like there's so much you need to learn. Uh, but, you know, try to get good at using your hands as well as your brain, and I think that'll, that'll help quite a bit. Nick, you Pretty want up. this one? Yeah. Nick Esposito, everybody. Come up. I feel like people clapped right then. We couldn't hear bit. it because they were bit. watching it, but it, actually, it was a golf it was clap. The, That was, it was a the 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 it golf Or somebody at least was like, "Oh, wait, I'm listening to this <laughs> yes. in the car." But, uh, sorry, Nick. Slow
2: clap on the drive. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. So early on, like one of the biggest things was I got really too into like specific courses, and then taking like say, for example, like a TRX course
2: and doing all TRX with with my clients, just because I just learned. Um, all about
0: that or whether it was kettlebells or viper tubes or something like that i just got too deep too into it and forcing like one piece of equipment on my clients just because i really liked it or i really liked the course and it took um some mentors and other trainers to kind of steer me in a different path and I kinda of look back at that and I'm like, ooh, yeah, very of, true with PTs as well. Yeah, yeah. So everybody gets dry-needled. You needled. Know, yeah. <laughs> well whatever you learn, right? Yeah. The worst part though is then where on Monday after that course you're proclaiming expertise on yeah. Instagram, yeah. right? <laughs> and you're and you're showing all these great drills TRXC. that you've been TRXC. you've been doing for at least three hours. You know, you have at least three hours experience doing that. But I, I think that's a good one. It goes down to like look it's not you know a lot of those are tool based, right? Yeah. Because there's often uh, commercial bias behind them, right? So you take, a, you take a class based on a tool, and then you start to realize that, wait, it's not the tool, yeah. it's the methodology or whatever that, that, that helps. So, yeah. good one, Nick. I like it. Christy, what do you think? You guys have had like too much time. To I know, about. we've had a lot of things about this.
1: But I think for me, it's something that's still a work in progress and will probably always be a work in progress is like finding the balance of like giving people what they want, but also what they need. Um, and kind of along the lines of what, uh, Dan was saying about like training like an idiot. Like you get a lot of clients, especially, I mean, me as an athlete and then working in the private sector, you get a lot of clients that just come to you and they're like, I want you to crush me. Like, I want you to crush me today. That's what I want. Um, I think it's our responsibility to give them some of that, but also make sure we take care of them in the process. And I think that's sometimes a hard line to toe, um, as a strength coach. So that's a work in progress for me. And I think like some of the stuff that Kiefer and I are going to be working on now in terms of like. Even strength camps, like just making sure that we have specific goals and like energy systems and stuff that we want to work on each day and we're not just having a group come in and just crushing them
0: for you know, no reason. And <laughs> yeah, um, good blend, right? Good blend to some of the other answers there. It's giving people what they want but doing it intelligently right. because you as a coach, you have programmed, you have a goal in mind and you have the program set to design that. So you have a purpose in your program. But you, But again, though, if you came in and you're just like, no, I mean, the only thing that matters is strength then people that don't care about strength are going to take off. I mean, right. Sometimes they want to finish her at the end. Sometimes they want to, you know, you know, get their heart rate up for a little yeah. bit. So yeah. Crunches. Yeah. Crunches. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a good point, right? You know, crunches are a good one, right? Everybody says they're evil, right? But sometimes clients want crunches. What do you do? We'll have a whole episode. that. <laughs> <of, man. laughs> <Just tried by laughs> yeah. All right, DeWesh, certainly last but not least. What do you think? Um, I think the big change for me, um, has been over coaching. So when I first came in as like as an intern and started working with clients, I had an idea of what like an ideal position for an exercise would look like. And that's kind of what I wanted to see right off the bat. Right. So I'd like coach, 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 cue, like cue again. And like I wanted things to be perfect. And what I've come to come to realize, especially working with like some of the younger athletes here, is they're not going to get it right off the bat. And it's okay if they like struggle a little bit, as long as the exercise looks safe. And it looks like they're trying to get into the best position that they can at the moment. Um, I'm not going to try to make them look perfect right off the bat. So almost let them, like, explore a little bit. Let them explore, try to find some of these positions that feel comfortable to them. And then coach in the long term, right? Instead of, like, first day they come in, give them, like, 10 billion cues, ask them to be perfect. Um, I just don't think it's realistic. That was a big mistake that I used to make. I like that. Yeah, That's let people explore a little bit, right? Feel their bodies a little bit. doesn't have to be perfect form. They're not going to explode if their knee passes their yeah. toes. So. You know, stuff like that, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> hasn't <doesn't> happened yet.
0: <laughs>
3: we only want this week. <laughs>
0: that was an accident. We, yeah, we haven't had any, right? No. Well, awesome. I mean, look, I, I, Maverick, good question. I'm going to give Maverick the... the you know, the, uh, props for that. Good question here, because I think it got all of us to kind of think a little bit and reflect, right? We're probably all going to think we're going to be in like the shower tomorrow and come up with like, a, Oh, I should have said that. That would have been even better. Not but, together, right, <laughs> But, but I, 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 think, I think like everybody should actually do this as an exercise to an extent too, right? You should actually take a step back and say, you know, what have I changed? What do I regret? You know, thinking in the past, because it always keeps you kind of keeps you open, right? We've talked a lot about open-mindedness and being agile, right? Being able to pivot your thought process if you need to. We kind of talk about these things all the time. These are really important concepts there. The worst thing you can do is have like a preconceived thought in your head, right? That you think this is perfect or worse. Like you spend your entire Instagram life in one year, just proclaiming one thing over and over again, because then what happens is, is you're going to get really, really stuck in that hole and it's going to be hard to change your opinion. Right. So if if our, our knowledge increases or our experience increases or your judgment increases from all these things, it's going to be like super, super challenging for you to dig yourself out of that hole and say, like, oh, I don't know. Or, oh, I changed my mind. You know, you don't want to get stuck in a position where you're defending your beliefs instead of keeping an open mind so maverick thank you good job maverick appreciate it you guys can head to mike click on that podcast link and ask us some more questions there's a nice form on there we can talk about anything we want we can talk about pt fitness sports performance some career advice like this why does kiefer wear capris all the time any (laughs) questions you guys want to talk about we can we can answer on the show next time so thanks so much head to itunes spotify rate review subscribe and we'll see you guys on the next episode thanks so much for listening to the podcast